the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Good evening, family. Ron Geyer back with more End Time Insights. Excited, as always, we are getting to know God more and more intimately. We are getting to know him, not as man tries to teach him, but as God wants to be known, the way he reveals himself through his word of God. You know, you get man involved and he messes up. If we stick to the word of God, if we stick to the Bible, you'll get an accurate picture of what God looks like. Unfortunately, we've got a church that's in competition with the world And we're uh, not impacting the world as we should, but the world is definitely impacting the church and we're suffering for it. But that's why we give you these scriptures. That's why we do this show. We want to show you the reality of who God is. We want to paint an accurate picture of who God is. We want to make sure that we get the identity of God as he wishes to be known. We left off last week. We're talking about wrath, part three last week, part four this week. And we were going to talk about God's wrath, the abandonment aspect of that wrath on our nation. And uh, before I give you the bad news, let me give you some good news. Psalm 910, and those who know your name will put their trust in you, for you, Lord, have not abandoned those who seek you. So while our nation is going through all different types of judgments and wrath by God, not the devil, the devil does not have authority Uh, The devil doesn't control the weather. The devil doesn't control animals. The devil doesn't control what's going on in the earth. Jesus Christ. You know, people say, well, God's not in control. God's not sovereign in the earth. That just isn't true. If God was not sovereign in the earth, even one time, if God was not in control, even one time, he would not be God. Of course, he is God and he has complete control over everything. If the devil comes and he whatever gets in the pigs like they did in the Bible days, okay, it was because it was the allowable will of God, but God still controlled it. And, you know, if there's evil, look at the Maui fires, the floods in Maui. I'm sorry, folks, God is controlling that. Whether it's a judgment on sin, uh, I don't know. Whether it's a natural calamity that he is using, to get our attention, I don't know, but just know. Yes, and even if it's bad, you know, the things that look bad to man aren't necessarily bad to God. All things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Don't shortchange God. Quit thinking like man does in regards to God. He doesn't think like you. Okay, where am I? Psalm 9, and those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not abandoned those who seek you. Hey, bottom line is to seek God. The Bible says in Proverbs, I think those that seek the Lord understand all things. Further evidence, God's children are not subject to his wrath. 
And then Hebrews 12, 29, we close with this last week, for our God is a consuming fire. Remember, I told you God's love is just such a consuming fire. If it, it destroys what it cannot purify, right? But it purifies what it cannot destroy. I love that. But in Christ Jesus only, we have a relationship that cannot be destroyed. And the same fire that rages in fury in hell is the same fire that purifies gold. You've got to understand uh, God is a fire. You will go through the fire, the furnace of affliction, whatever. But if you're in Christ, you will be purified. If you're not in Christ, you will be destroyed. I mean, how else can you say it? It's simple. You must be born again, Jesus said. David Reagan, founder of Lamb and Lion Ministries, writes, Satan has sold the world a bill of goods concerning the nature of God. So important, guys. Most people, both Christian and non-Christian, tend to view God as being a sort of cosmic teddy bear. They see him as big and warm and soft and full of infinite love and forgiveness. He couldn't hurt a fly, they say. And he certainly wouldn't be so cruel as to condemn or harm any beings created in his own image. On the day of judgment, God will simply give everyone a big hug and wink at their sin. The only problem with this wonderfully comforting image is that it's a lie straight from the pit of hell. Good news, though, Lamentation 324, 22 and 24. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in the Lord. It's so good. It's so true. I love it. My pastor friend had said that uh, God's first move towards man is always grace. If I sin, if I stumble, his first move towards me is always grace. If you mess up, his first move towards you is always grace. Repent, receive grace, and get clean and start over. But how do we reconcile this Lamentations 3.22 God, right? The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. How do we reconcile that, this loving, kind, merciful God, with the God who walks away and totally abandons his creation when they continue to sin, when they resist his correction, when they don't receive his corrective words, his rebuke, and his love? How do we reconcile him? That's where people get lost. They only look at the one side. They only say, well, no, no, God's loving, God's kind, God's gracious, God's merciful. He is all of those, but he's also a God who hates sin. You must understand that. And we have to start telling people in, in the world, hey, you know, this abortion stuff we're doing, 68 million, 70 million children dead. How do we reconcile that with God? Well, he's going to judge that, and he is judging it. It would be very simple to understand if the church would just tell the people these two contrasting truths. Yes, God is love, and yes, God loves to love. It's who he is. He loves. He can't help himself. He loves to love. But just as important, just as powerful as the truth that God loves us is the truth that God hates sin. Understanding that as much as God is love that God is also holy and his holiness demands that he judges sin. You must get that down in your spirit. The good news about the new covenant is that because of what Jesus has done, so good, he lets us judge our own sin. He lets us judge ourselves. I'm father guilty. I go to the father. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. As a child of God, that's what I do. As a child of wrath, I'll not do that. Because I don't have that relationship with God. I don't care for God. I choose not to obey him. Well, then you're a child of wrath and you will suffer the wrath of God that the whole earth is going to go through. It's quite simple. 
If we would just get a revelation about that, that God lets us judge ourselves, but the church has gone scared concerning any mention of judgment, any mention of sin, and we are suffering greatly because of it. You know, there's different ways in which God deals with sin. His first choice, as always, I said, this is grace. Former Pastor Jack C., I love it. I'll never forget it. God's first move towards us is always grace. John one seventeen. for the law was given by who? Moses. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. You know, I don't know that we've ever really truly understood this verse as it's written because we get stuck on grace. We know Moses as the lawgiver. Well, we must know Jesus as the grace giver, but not just the grace giver. He's also the truth giver as well. And we've created a great void, a great distance between grace and truth. Now it's just sloppy grace everywhere. Grace covers this, grace covers that. We're sin abound there, thus get grace abound further. The true, but it's also grace and truth. And grace needs to operate in the setting of truth. So then today's church, we've struggled and we have separated the two. Yes, the grace giver, Jesus Christ, is still very much in play every day. Yes, man has hijacked grace and turned it into something it is not. Truth has been removed from the grace dynamic. And what we are left with, well, what we are left with is a gospel like Joseph Prince preaches, which does away with daily repentance, turning it into nothing more than a mental exercise rather than a heartfelt conviction. And a teaching that fails to confront sin. Oh, God, we must confront sin, guys. You are a sinner. That sin must be confronted. It must be dealt with. It must be repented of. And the fact that Christ has set you free from sin, sin shall not have dominion over you, that needs to be preached. But if you decide in your own mind that on Sunday mornings I'm not going to talk about sin, well, then you remove the opportunity for people to get saved. That's really loving. So then truth has been removed from grace and what we are left with is a gospel that's false. It does away with daily repentance. It makes it a mental exercise rather than heartfelt conviction. Remember, as much as we exalt grace, Christ also bought truth and the church needs to reclaim that high position for truth that we place on grace. Every time we talk about grace, we must talk about truth. We must keep grace in its proper place, in its proper setting. So God deals with us With our sin, first and foremost, through grace. Simply stated, Jesus Christ is grace. Accept him, become a child of God, or reject him and remain a child of God's wrath. It's pretty basic. He also deals with our sin through judgments. Pretty much wholesale, the church in America refuses to allow God to do this. We won't let him judge us. It's amazing. That's how he's known, guys. We reject his judgment, never realizing that his judgments are for our benefit. Saints, judgment is not a bad thing. Judgment is a good thing. Get that settled. Even worse, we deny ourselves the opportunity to know him as we should because Psalm 916, one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible, the Lord is known by the judgment which he executes. The wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. The Lord is known by the judgment which he executes. You want to know God? Try to find his judgments. But, you know, when we ignore the fact that 9-11 is a judgment, Katrina is a judgment for messing up with Israel, for not allowing uh, the Jews to keep the settlers on the West Bank, for forcing them along with the Jewish army to get out. That's where Katrina came from. You need to research that one day. Uh, 9-11, COVID. These are all judgments from God because he wishes to correct our behavior. 
when we don't obey the word of God, well, I'll break that down. I'll give you the process. There's another verse, though, in Isaiah 26, 9. With my soul have I desired thee in the night season. Yea, with my spirit will I seek thee early. Why? For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. They will see righteousness. The purpose of your judgments in the earth is to show the world what righteous living looks like. And that's the role of the church to identify that. But when the church says, no, COVID, that came from the devil. No, no, Katrina, that was just a natural unsettling of the earth. I mean, come on, guys. We got the Maui, Maui, Maui fires, Maui winds. What's going on? Lord, we've lost 60 or 70 people. That's tragic. But we've got to understand we don't leave God anything to get our attention. So he has to do dramatic things. You know, we would all annihilate ourselves and wind up in hell if it wasn't for these judgments. He's trying to call attention to the fact we are out of order. You know, God has in this process the place that he wins our souls. First, grace. And grace always foments gospel preaching. It's the gospel of grace. Goodness leads to repentance. So we've got Christ and he offers us the gospel. We preach the gospel. If we don't receive that, then he'll give us his goodness. The goodness of God leads thee to repentance. You must repent of your sin and become saved. Barring that, failing that, then righteous living by the church will demonstrate how much God wants to bless us, how righteousness, when in play, provides a blessing through God for the people. But that we harden our hearts to that. America did that, right? We got our socks blessed off. I don't know of another nation outside of Judah that received as much blessing as America did. And now we've changed it where, no, 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 that was man's exceptionalism. We did that. We created all this good stuff. We are good people. We are prosperous people. So, after we reject God in that, then he has to send his judgments. And now, even the church will not acknowledge those judgments as judgments. Don't forget, he is known by the judgments which he executes. But we won't associate him with those judgments because that's not the new age, self-idolatrous type of God that we need. You know, if we can bring down God to the level of man, where man would never do those things, well, then God wouldn't do those things. And then we assume the God position. We assume doing things the right way. We don't need his wisdom. We can figure it out. That's what we do. And that will lead to his wrath. Those are the opportunities he gives us to get right with him. Grace, goodness, righteous living, the witness of God. Failing that then, judgments. And there's still an opportunity to get saved under wrath. America has been given grace in excess over and over and over and over. We have sent missionaries across the globe preaching the truth. We have partaken of his goodness to us. The church has been a witness here to the world. Unfortunately, because we've rejected God lately, we've been under his judgment. You know, I don't need to go through the list of the sins that led to these judgments. Yet even while under these judgments, we have failed to attribute them to God. That's not the God we want. We can read in the Old Testament, time after time after time after time, Israel sinned and God had to judge them. And then they repented and God restored them to blessing. And then they went back to sin and then God judged them and then they repented and God restored them back into blessing. And then they sinned over and over and over and over again. Yet even while under these judgments, we failed to attribute them to God. Not in the New Testament. No, the God in the Old Testament is the same as the God in the New Testament. Saints, you need to understand that. I don't care who's telling you different. They're lying to you. The church's greed, their lust for power, and their cowardice have all contributed to this lack of explaining the judgments of God from our pulpits to a lost and dying world. 
So as mankind's behavior continues to devolve lower and lower, we are left with God's wrath. The current wrath in America doesn't replace all the other wraths. They just continue to build and build and build. And the current wrath in America is the wrath of God's abandonment. Fortunately, unlike the wrath in Revelation, where it is poured out in full measure, there is still a restraining hand of God upon these wraths. Revelation 15.1 and verses 7 and 8. And I saw another sign in heaven. It was great and marvelous. Seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. We're not there yet. He's not pouring out the fullness of the fullness of the cup, the wrath. Verses 7 and 8. One of the four beasts gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials full of the wrath of God who liveth forever and ever. And the temple was filled with the smoke and from the glory of God and from his power. And no man was able to enter in because of the smoke. Hallelujah. Till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. God's going to pour out his wrath upon the earth without measure. Mm, mm, mm. Even though the wrath we are currently under has a devastating consequence, it could be worse. And it will get worse. But for now, the church must play the hand that's been dealt We are to be doubling down and telling the truth about God. This should be the finest hour for the church of God. This should be when we are out of the closet, when we are out and about doing the work of God, showing off his glory and his holiness. We should be fearless in the face of persecution and the threat of the loss of our freedoms or our lives. We must show the world we are different. We don't love what they love. We don't fear what they fear. We are the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. Dave Reagan explained scripturally how we got to this place of being abandoned by God. First, God steps back and he lowers the hedge of protection around the nation, allowing evil to multiply. The result is an outbreak of sexual sin. You'll find that in Romans 1, 24 and 25. And that's what happened to America back in the 1960s. Remember the uh, sexual revolution? If the nation refuses to repent of that, God takes a second step back and he lowers the hedge even further, Romans 1, 26 and 27, which results in producing a plague of homosexuality. And we're in the midst of that right now. Again, this nation has experienced this second phase ever since the 1990s, but it gained momentum in 2003 when our Supreme Court struck down all laws concerning sodomy. If the nation persists in its rebellion toward God, He will take a third step back and he will abandon that nation to a depraved mind, basically a mind void of common sense, Romans 128. This depravity was manifested in this nation when our Supreme Court sanctioned same-sex marriage in June of 2015. And our president celebrated the decision by having the White House lit up in the rainbow colors of the sexual perversion movement. Reagan's statement assessment is pretty obviously, it's correct. This is Nahum chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. A jealous and avenging God is the Lord. The Lord is avenging and wrathful. The Lord takes vengeance on his adversaries, and he reserves wrath for his enemies. You become an enemy of God. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power, and the Lord will by no means leave the guilty unpunished. And that's what's going on. Regarding America, Isaiah 59, 4, this is written about Israel. Okay, this is the Jews back in Isaiah's day. Isaiah 59, Four, and judgment is turned away backwards, and justice stands afar off, for truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. The Amplified Classic says it like this, justice is turned away backwards, and righteousness, uprightness, and right standing with God stands far off, far away, 
For truth has fallen in the street, the city's forum, and uprightness cannot enter our courts of justice. And in verse 18, in Isaiah 59, the Lord responds by repaying Israel fury to his adversaries, his children. These are the children of Israel. God responds with their rebellion with his own fury. Recompense to his enemies. You know, it's a perfect picture of America today. This is what abandonment looks like. We are left to our own wickedness, and man, when left to his own, continues to devolve lower and lower into an animal wickedness. God has removed the restraining hand of grace from our nation, guys. You've got to understand that. The church needs to be telling you this. I apologize for those that don't, but I will tell you the truth. We are in trouble, but God has fixed the problem. Man's not in trouble because of what he's doing, guys. Man is in trouble because of who he is. He is dead. He is a child of wrath. He is doing what he's supposed to be doing. Only the restraining hand of God's grace can save him from that. But we don't even preach that accurately anymore. It's a perfect picture. Uh, of what God abandoning our nation looks like. We are left to our own wicked devices. There is no justice, right? There's no justice in America. We've seen that. Are you following the, uh, the Trump campaign? They're trying to lock him up again. They're trying to put him in jail. Uh, our courts are fixed. The judges are wicked. They're reprobate. Because we no longer make any judgments, we have no justice. You can't have justice done if there's no judgments made. <laughs> and now the church even is relying on the judgments of the world. Remember, the judgments of the church correct. Their motive is correction. The judgments of the world is condemning. They want to condemn you and they want to kick you out of whatever you're doing. Because they are man's judgments, the judgments that we're making today, they are backwards. They're wicked. They're evil. They call right wrong and wrong right. Those aren't God's judgments, folks. But this is what the church has become. This is what America has become because of a church that is silent. We are watching from a distance. Come on, church. Truth lies inactive in our streets. In our culture, our courts have become corrupt. Yes, this verse, uh, Isaiah 59, describes America to a T. I'm going to read it again. Isaiah 59, 4. I'll read it in the Amplified Classic. Justice is turned away backwards, and righteousness, uprightness and right standing with God, stands away, afar off. For truth has fallen in the streets, the city's forum. And uprightness cannot enter the courts of justice. Perfect description of America. And by the way, that's exactly what happened to Israel. And that's what we do. That's what happened. We won't correct the mistakes that they've made. We will continue to copy them in their downfall. That's why God put their story in the book, folks. Well, I know churches where they say, well, God's done with Israel. That Old Testament, that doesn't count anymore. That stuff has been put there for our lessons to learn from, okay? And we need to go back and study some of the lessons, both the good news and the bad news concerning Israel. But people don't want to hear about that God, the God that killed the sons of Korah because of their rebellion, the God that killed the Jews, 20,000 of them, because they were sleeping with the temple prostitutes from Baal Peor under the instruction and the deception of Balaam. We don't want to deal with that God. We don't want that God. Hey, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, Hebrews thirteen eight. God says, I am the Lord. I change not. You've got to understand he's the same God. You've got to understand he wants to reveal himself to you, and he will through the word of God and through the judgments that he executes. You must know God. Remember, depart from me, I never knew you. You get to heaven when God knows you, but you will not allow God to know you because of your wickedness. You're keeping him at arm's length. God hates sin. 
He has to fight against sin. He has to judge sin. He has to judge it now. He's not going to judge it when we get to heaven because you're not going to get to heaven because there's going to be no sin. He judges it before then. Let me pray with you guys that you'll not fear God's judgments, that you will come to recognize them as his loving hand, the manifestation of his loving hand to bring you back into relationship with him, Father God. I apply the blood of Jesus over every soul that listens to this word, to this truth. As they read their Bible, Father, the entrance of your word giveth light, Father. So shall your word be in the earth that goes forth. It will not return void, but it will prosper into the thing whereto it is sent, Father God. I ask that you heal them from any addictions, Father God, that you heal them, Father God, from any depression in the name of Jesus. I pray that you send your Holy Spirit of God to draw them into the kingdom of God. No man comes to the Father except the Spirit draw him. Holy Spirit of God, convict the sinner of sin. Let them know of their need for the Messiah, for Jesus Christ. I pray that the church would unashamedly preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because it's the only way, the only power of God unto salvation, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening. We love you. We'll be back next week. Have a great rest of the week. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.